Greetings from Christ Episcopal Church in Valdosta, Georgia. It's Sunday, September the 10th, 2023, and this is our audio recording of a Vesper service held by members and friends of the Congregation of Christ Church. The service follows the order of worship for Compline, starting on page 127 of the Book of Common Prayer. Our homilist tonight is Julia Ariel. The service began at 6 o'clock p.m., after the tolling of the church bell. The Lord Almighty grant us a peaceful night and a perfect end. Amen. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Let us confess our sins to God. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you through our own fault, in thought and word and deed, and in what we have left undone. For the sake of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, forgive us all our offenses, and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. May the Almighty God grant us forgiveness of all our sins and the grace and comfort of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O oh God, make speed to save us. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning is now and will be forever. Amen. Amen. The psalm tonight is Psalm 139, starting on page 794, verses 1 through 5 and 12 through 17. Lord, you have searched me out and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You trace my journeys and my resting places, and are acquainted with all my ways. Indeed, there is not a word on my lips, but you, O Lord, know it altogether. You press upon me behind and before, and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is so high that I cannot attain to it. But you For you yourself created my inmost parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will thank you because I am marvelously made. Your works are wonderful, and I know it well. My body was not hidden from you, while I was being made in secret and woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes beheld my limbs, yet unfinished in the womb. All of them were written in your book. They were fashioned day by day. When in death there was none of them. How deep I find your thoughts, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I were to count them, they would be more in number than the same. To count them all, my lifespan would need to be like yours. Glory to the Father, Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, 
is now, and will be forever. Amen. The reading is from Luke chapter 14. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and turning to them, he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, This person began to build and was not able to finish. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Does Jesus really call us to hate our biological families and our very lives? Let's compare this saying in Luke with its parallel in Matthew, chapter 10, verse 37. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Matthew, drawing on the same Jesus tradition as Luke, seems to have interpreted this starker language of hate to refer to primary allegiance. The word hate was strong language in a culture where family was everything and loyalty to one's family was the highest loyalty expected. So let's look at this word hate to see what Jesus meant. This kind of hate is not an emotion, it's a perspective. According to a source I read, the Greek vocabulary Luke used had relatively few words in it. Fewer than 6,000 words or word stems can be found in the New Testament. Rather than creating new words for every nuance, as we do in English, first century Greek gave each word a broad range of meaning. So the Greek word meseo can be translated as hate, but it also means despise, disregard, be indifferent to, or love less. In this instance, Jesus is offering a comparison between the devotion one would normally hold sacred only for family members and the devotion required to become one of his disciples. Jesus is saying, love me more than you would even love your family, as important as that is to you. To us, he says, love me more than whatever holds first place in your life, whatever matters most to you. Jesus explains the cost of true discipleship to his followers. Jesus is on the move again. He has left the hospitality of the Pharisees' table and is headed once again toward Jerusalem, 
The crowds are gathering. Can you imagine what it must have been like to work out in the field and see this cloud of dust rising from the road off in the distance? To see the swarm of people moving along that road and to hear the distant buzz of their conversation. It wouldn't take much to compel you to run in that direction just to see what all the commotion was about. The question is, once you got close enough to see and hear Jesus to realize who this must be and to listen to his teaching, would you go back to work or leave it all behind to join the crowds that followed after him? Jesus is not trying to get rid of followers. He just wants them and us to know what is involved in being a true disciple. The cost is high, and we need to know what we're getting into when we say we want to follow Jesus. The cost is high, but the cost of not following Jesus is even higher. Many books have been written on this subject. One of the most famous is by the theologian and martyr Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who wrote The Cost of Discipleship. Bonhoeffer practiced what he preached as a member of the Confessing Church in Germany, a group of clerics who resisted Hitler's regime. Bonhoeffer was executed near the end of World War II for his participation in a plot to assassinate Hitler. Bonhoeffer knew the cost of remaining loyal to Jesus. What do we know about discipleship? Some of us are cradle Episcopalians and others have been members for years. We have been on our spiritual journey for years. We pray, study the Bible, participate in the corporate celebrations of the Holy Eucharist and other sacraments, and offer help to those less fortunate. What happened to us all this last week with the destruction by Hurricane Adelia, with damage to our homes and city, brought home to me what mattered most in my life. Just today, we saw at the ministry's fair how many opportunities there are in our church for service. Everyone here has served for years. We work for and in our church, but we also reach out to others in need. Think of all the people in our church who help others. Let's all try to be better disciples and appreciate others who, does, who do such outstanding work. Amen. Into your hands, O Lord, I commend my spirit. Keep us, O Lord, as the apple of your eye. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lord, hear our prayer. Let us pray. Be our light in the darkness, O Lord, and in your great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night. For the love of your only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. 
Keep watch, dear Lord, with those who work or watch or weep this night, and give your angels charge over those who sleep. Tend the sick, Lord Christ. Give rest to the weary, bless the dying, soothe the suffering, pity the afflicted, shield the joyous, and all for your love's sake. Amen. I invite your intercessions and thanksgivings. Pray for all those who've suffered during the hurricane in Valdosta. Guide us waking, O Lord, Lord, and guard us sleeping, that awake we may watch for Christ, and asleep we may rest in peace. Lord, you now have set your servant free to go in peace as you have promised. For these eyes of mine have seen you Savior, whom you have prepared for all the world to see, a light to enlighten the nations and the glory of your people Israel. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. God is waiting, O Lord, and God is sleeping. That awake we may watch with Christ, and asleep we may rest in peace. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Almighty and Merciful Lord, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless us and keep us. Amen. This recording is from Christ Episcopal Church in Valdosta, Georgia. For more information, please check our website at www.christchurchvaldosta.org or call 229-242-5115. Thank you for joining us.